I don't know a single American that actually is not involved deeply in Washington, D.C., that doesn't want free and fair elections, that doesn't want every ballot to be counted um, and wants to make sure uh, that there is no monkey business going on um, and that we can count on our elections. Every American, I don't care who you voted for, I think wants that. Uh, But I don't think anybody in Washington really wants that, Um, especially the Democrats. They are already setting up that uh, the election's going to be stolen, you can't trust it, and now the problems with the voting machines. They're doing the same thing they always do. But they're doing something else. Remember, the key to understanding this administration is the administration. He is a administrator. That's it. All of the agencies are being pushed to the limit to take away as many as many rights from you as possible and make the system work in a completely different way than constitutionally. Molly Hemingway has written a great uh, article. Uh, it came out yesterday. Biden is hiding his plan to rig the 2022 midterm elections. Molly is joining us now. Hello, Molly. Hello. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, it's great to have you on. So um, this is... They're doing this in every agency, and this one you've tried to look into, and they're hiding everything that they're doing. Can you take us from the beginning and then show us what they're doing? Sure. So in March of 2021, just a few weeks after President Biden took office, he issued an executive order saying that all 600 federal agencies had to come up with a plan to expand voting. Now, people were immediately alarmed because the Constitution does not give the executive branch authority over our election system. That's reserved for the states. There's a very tiny role for Congress. And so the executive branch has not been given that authority. And then people are also worried because expanding voting is an inherently political act. You know, it's um, mobilizing voters is a political act. And so the bureaucracy should not be involved with it. So people wanted to know, well, what are these plans going to be? Everyone had 200 days to turn in a plan to Susan Rice, by the way, you know, one of the most political people out there for approval. And people started asking what the plans were. And they have been steadfastly refusing to return those plans ever since then. Okay, so I want to make sure people understand that is 600 federal federal agencies, 600 had 200 days to show how they were going to expand citizens opportunities to register to vote and obtain information about participate in the electoral process. They had until March 7th, 2021. You can't find anything about what any one of those 600 agencies turned in. And congressmen have been asking for it. You've had the ranking member of every committee in the House asking for the information. You've had them expressing their concerns. Congressional committees, good government groups, outside citizens are doing FOIA requests, and they just can't get anything. And it seems to be that what they're doing is trying to slow walk it until well after the election. In one case, they said they would respond to the FOIA by May of 2024. And so it is really difficult to get information, which makes it difficult to even know what's going on. And I just want to be clear, these are inherently political acts, like choosing who you reach out to um, 
and to, to mobilize get out the vote operations. That's what political parties do. And it's particularly dangerous because we're talking about federal agencies that hand out benefits. And so if people are told, hey, we could really use you voting, Mr. Person who's getting this federal benefit, you can see why that would be viewed as improper and unethical <laughs> compulsion um, regarding voting, which is something that is very dangerous and which we have previously had strict laws against. So tell me what's happening with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid um, uh, with their voter turnout, um, the Department of Labor, what are they doing, Department of Education. Right. So each of them are choosing to respond to this executive order in different ways. And we are getting these indications that they're complying with this executive order, even if they're refusing to say what exactly they're doing, but you're seeing these public-facing things where they'll say that they're turning their their health centers into vote vote places. You know, or they're focusing their efforts that should be focused on job training. You know, during a labor crisis, on get out the vote operations at Department of Education centers, or the federal work study program, which is part of the Department of Education, had previously said, of course, you can't use federal work study. Um, monies to engage in electioneering or election activity. And now they're saying you can use these monies to help run, get out the vote operations. And I just think it's important to remember the context here, too, is that we just had this election in 2020 where we had Mark Zuckerberg finance the widespread takeover of government election offices with partisan, uh, you know, left-leaning activists, and they ran get out the vote operations in the blue areas of swing states. So the context here is really troubling, too, because we just saw in 2020 how this type of operation can have severely partisan um, repercussions and why people should be on guard if they want to trust their elections and if they want to have confidence in their elections. Molly, what do we do? We have no press that will do it. The congressman not getting responded to. The Justice Department is absolutely corrupt. What do we do? So I do think that raising an outcry over the refusal to find out information is key. And there are lawsuits that are ongoing. Two groups have sued to get the information. These agencies are clearly in violation of federal law. And so hopefully we would have enough pressure that those lawsuits can be responded to as soon as possible so that the public can know what's going on. And people should not despair. I mean, fighting over election administration is something that has been going on in this country for centuries. And despair is not an appropriate response because, you know, you had even a few decades ago, the Democrat Party had disenfranchised like an entire race of people in the South and people didn't despair. They just fought to make sure that the voting system was fair. And so I think the most important thing people can do is get involved at the local level, find out what's going on in how elections are administered in your state and make sure that they're being done properly and that there are no shenanigans going on. And you're not going to be able to know that unless you're deeply involved in the process. So start now. We have widespread mail-in balloting and, you know, an election season so that it's not just election day, which is frankly when Republicans go vote. It's those two months prior or even many, you know, years prior where they're setting up the system by which everyone else is voting or by which the system is so um, insecure that it can be exploited. And you really have to just 
find out what the rules are in your area, find out what's going on and get involved, do election observation, research, and everybody should do that if they care about the republic. Because if we don't have elections we can trust, you know, you don't really have a country. But don't, you know, it's not the end of the world. It just requires people to get involved and pay attention. So, uh, Molly, it's it's really interesting to me because I look at the things that they do and I'm like, who has time for this? But you have time if you think that you should be in charge of everything and everybody. Um, that is their full-time job, to uh, figure out ways to control everything. The conservatives, we have just been, you know, asleep at the switch. We're like, no, everybody thinks like this. No, they don't. No, they don't. There's there's uh, probably 15% of very, very active Americans that are intent on taking the republic and destroying it. Um, we just have to we just have to wake up and start realizing it's really our fault that this is is happening because we've just been expecting somebody else to take care of it for us. So I wrote a book on the 2020 election called Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech and Democrats Seized Our Election. And I go through all sorts of things, including this Mark Zuckerberg operation. That was a $450 million operation. It was more than anyone had ever conceived of spending on something to take over the, the government administration of elections. But that is what I worry about. The federal government, you know, they spend $450 million in a, in a blink of an eye. They have so much money to throw at this that it is really worrisome. You know, and the Constitution does not authorize it. Congress has not authorized it. And yet they're still doing it. But you're absolutely right that uh, a lot of people have just been asleep and not thinking about election integrity for decades. But in my book, I actually tell the story about how there was this court order that kept Republicans from doing any election day oversight for nearly 40 years. I couldn't believe it when I first mm. learned about it. But in the early 70s, a judge in New Jersey put them under a consent decree where they couldn't get involved in any litigation, election day litigation. And for nearly 40 years, they were kept under this. It took the judge dying and being replaced by an Obama appointed judge who said, this is ridiculous, like let the Republicans out. Wow. And it was so sensitive that uh, during the 2020 or 2016 election, Sean Spicer was on the wrong floor of Trump Tower and they almost kept him under the consent decree for another few years. Like, because he was, you know, he was, he was supposed to be on floor four instead of floor five, and that's how sensitive it was. And it kept Republicans from really focusing on this for a very long time. But they're kind of liberated mm. now, and so they are doing much more to do Election Day oversight, and there, there are many more resources in play now. Um, real quick, any thoughts on the Supreme Court and what's coming here again tomorrow or today in just a few minutes? Well, I think everyone's, but there are so many important decisions, and yesterday's decision was a huge victory for the Constitution, and it really does speak to the importance of having solid, originalist judges or justices on the court. Everyone's, of course, anxious for the Dobbs decision, the abortion-related decision, and a lot of people thought it should have been out earlier because of these death threats that the mm -hmm. justices are facing. So hopefully it will, uh, you know, it'll come out this week or next week, uh, but it's been, I think, an overall pretty good term for people who care about the Constitution. Yeah, I think it's been very good. Uh, Molly, great to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. You bet. Molly Hemingway. Welcome to the Eric 
Eric Metaxas Show with your host, Eric Metaxas. Folks, welcome back. This is what we call Hour 2. That's because it comes after Hour 1. Folks, as promised, a very, very important conversation. I wish it weren't. Uh, An important guest. I wish she weren't. Her name is Dr. Simone Gold. She's the founder of America's Frontline Doctors. She's been a hero. She's been persecuted by what we call the U.S. government. I don't know who they are. Um, Privilege to have her as my guest. Simone, welcome. Thank you. Delightful to see you, Eric. I want to talk to you about your whole story. Uh, I want to help you get your story out. Many people in my audience won't be familiar with the story. So if you don't mind, uh, tell us tell us the story. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll just give you, I, I wasn't sure I heard all of that, but emergency physician practicing on the front lines when COVID struck, and I found that there were a lot of mistruths and half-truths and flat-out lies that were being told to the American people. So we went public. We, I organized a lot of doctors. We stood public on the steps of the Supreme Court July 2020, and we brought a lot of truths, such as lockdowns don't work, masks don't work, and early treatment does work. From that moment on, my life completely changed. I became really targeted, censored, heavily... Um, uh, slandered, defamed, etc. But we kept fighting, and America's frontline doctors really brought a lot of hope and a lot of medical treatment to the American people. Um, I speak only on medical issues, health freedom issues. And because I was so broadly censored on social media, I accept a lot of invitations to speak in person. And for the last year and a half, two years, I've been going around really all over the nation. I've been to probably 50 different cities just speaking publicly. So, of course, I accepted an invitation to speak in front of a million people in the Capitol on January 6th. This was back before we had any kind of attachment to the name or of January 6th. This was just another event, another rally that I would attend as a public speaker on medical freedom. And I was an invited guest speaker on the Capitol that day. And when I showed up in January 6th at the Capitol, our permanent platformed area where I was to speak, I was going to be with Congress people, other very high profile people to speak, was canceled for no reason. We don't know why it was reason, who canceled it, but it was canceled. And But that's why I was there. I was there to give my typical health freedom, medical freedom speech. And everything that flowed from that day was just like an abrogation. All the repercussions of that day have shown that we've lost so much civil liberties in our nation. Well, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and it's horrifying. And there are very few people um, who who seem to be reporting on this in the mainstream media. I could think of almost like one. Greg Kelly on Newsmax has talked about this sort of thing. But that's the most horrifying and astonishing thing. And uh, since you're Jewish, I can just say I know in history this is exactly what happened in Germany is like a lot of people just said, well, this is not my battle. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and let the other people take the heat. And so right now we have a lot of people just by virtue of their silence who are participating uh, in the demonization of folks like you who either did nothing wrong or did, 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 did nothing uh, illegal and yet – we're living at a time where not only is this happening, but the word is not getting out. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the, the program. Where do things stand right now? You just sent out a video. I put it out on Twitter 
where do things stand for you right now, Simone? Right. Um, I'm so glad you're taking this approach. You know, I'm really just an example. And I want everyone listening to understand that if they can take a person like me and turn me into essentially a convicted criminal because I did accept a misdemeanor plea, they're coming for you next. I mean, I'm just a little bit ahead of you, but they're coming for you next. I was publicly speaking. I wasn't even talking about the election. I'm talking about medical freedom. Um, But the, the FBI ends up arresting me in a horrifically violent kind of arrest with, you know, huge weapons pointed at me, et cetera. The federal government Um, put so much pressure on people like me to accept guilty pleas. They overcharged. You you recall that I'm an attorney as well as a doctor. And the prosecution, the government side, is not allowed to charge for crimes that they cannot prove. But that's exactly what they're doing to many, many January 6th defendants. They're overcharging. They, They charged me with essentially trespass, which is a misdemeanor. But they also charged me with violence and felony which had a 20-year sentence. So when you put that on somebody, that's almost a burden that you, 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 it's just too much of a risk to take if you're a person like me who's going to become very politicized, you know, in the jury's mind. But the gov- I have to remind everybody, the government is not allowed to charge with crimes that they don't have evidence of the elements that they're proving. But they're doing it all the time. They charged me, for example, with a felony obstruction of justice or obstruction of Congress, which was absolutely ludicrous. They knew they couldn't prove it. But because I couldn't take that risk, I took the misdemeanor plea. I went before the judge, and the judge is really, I'm sorry, I, you know, I should be cautious with what I say, but I, I'm not. He, the nicest way I can say it is he, his words were filled with inaccuracies and prejudice. The inaccuracies included him blaming me for the deaths of five people from the Capitol. We all know that that's factually inaccurate, and if it were true, it would have nothing to do with me. He went on and on about it not being political, and yet he spent most of his time speaking about his hatred for America's frontline doctors and the fact that I'm calling this an attack on free speech. So he was really the definition of the problem. And that's the kind of person that we face if we ever find ourselves in a jury or judicial system in Washington, D.C. It's not safe. I mean, that alone is absolutely astonishing. And I guess um let me ask you, you know, before we go on, because we have some time here, but how can people find you uh, and how can people help you? Because I want to tell my audience, folks, this is our battle. If you don't think this concerns you, you're a fool. This concerns you, whoever you are, and you need to know that. And so I'm saying it emphatically because the mainstream media to my horror as an American, is not covering this sort of thing. That is horrific, folks. That is its own kind of crime and horror, that the mainstream media is not even covering this accurately. But uh, Dr. Simone Gold, you're an attorney, you're a medical doctor, you have been on the front lines of this issue. Uh, you, You started America's Frontline Doctors. But before we get into the rest of that, how can people find you and how can people help you? Thank you for the for mentioning this. If you go to our web a website, freedrgold.org, free F R E E Dr. D R Gold G O L D dot org. This is how we fight back. Eric, you're exactly right that this is a fight that's so much bigger than me. You mentioned the Holocaust. I'm a daughter of a Holocaust survivor. And there's a famous uh, poem that's up in many Holocaust museums, and it said, First they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak up because I'm not a trade unionist. 
Then they came for the communists, and I did not speak up because I'm not a communist. They came for the homosexuals, and I did not speak up because I'm not homosexual. They came for the Jews, and I did not speak up because I'm not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. That is the fight that we're in. My fight is your fight. If they can abridge the civil liberties of somebody like myself, somebody that was considered a rock star by American standards, a doctor, a lawyer, Ivy League educated, right? They can come for you. Please go to freedoctorgold.org. 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 Now, we've had, uh, in the past, we had uh, Brandon Strock on this program. He has a similar story. And I just want to say again, folks, this is very painful for me. Because I love this country, and the idea that these things could be happening in this country is deeply sickening to me. If you, if you shrink from using the word evil, uh, you're simply being inaccurate. This is evil. This is in the United States of America. People are being demonized and being treated in ways that is unacceptable for anyone to be treated except the most evil criminals imaginable. Um, you said, uh, Simone, and I call you Simone because I know you, but... You said that they, they broke down your door. They came at you with weapons. I mean, let's let's be clear, folks. In America, you know, in a drug raid, if you think you're going to get your head blown off uh, when you open the door, that's how you behave. When you are coming after uh, an Ivy League lawyer doctor uh, who genuinely did nothing wrong, when you look at this, you know this is a fact – why would they do this? They did this to Brandon Strzok. Um, they did this to you. It strikes me that there are people who want to terrorize and intimidate American citizens into silence. Why else? Simone, why would they do that? I mean, honestly, when I hear about that, it's one thing for them to be wrong. But to use those kinds of tactics, it is astonishing to me. The, the entire game is to silence people like me. They silenced me. They silenced the people downstream from me. That is the entire game. They had nothing upon which to engage in a violent arrest against me. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. I'm also a mom. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I have a, there's a media person. You can send me an email, a phone call. I'm very easy to, to get a hold of. It was entirely to, to silence people like me. Now, I do think they silence a lot of people. But then there's the people like me, like Brandon who come forward and get stronger from these episodes. There's, you know, come at it. You know, you don't even know the half of what they've done. The FBI, for example, Actually, hang, hang on. We're going to go to a break here. I want to hear everything. Folks, I'm asking you, share this video, share this audio. Go to freedoctorgold.org, freedoctorgold.org. We'll be right back with Dr. Simone Gold. Folks, I'm talking to Dr. Simone Gold, uh, founder of America's Frontline Doctors. Uh, to my mind, a heroic figure, because in America today, if you speak the truth, you're suddenly a heroic figure because uh, a lot of people are shrinking from speaking the truth. They're called technically cowards. Um, Dr. Simone Gold, uh, you were just sharing something. Uh, and if people want to find you, then go to freedoctorgold.org, freedoctorgold.org. Dot org. But, but continue along the lines of what you were sharing. 
So they, they arrested me in a violent arrest. They then um, put me on a no-fly list. They made it unbelievably difficult to travel. The FBI defamed me in a written communication to a state saying that I had been charged with treason, which they knew, of course, was completely fabricated and false. They do that to make it difficult for me to protect my medical and my law license. So people are right to be leery of the government. However, if you don't speak up now and you just are silent and you go along with this, it's just going to be a matter of time till they come for you. You are correct, Eric, that this is you can't be silent anymore and you can't put your head down and think that this doesn't involve you. It does. Well, you you quoted the poem earlier uh, in my book about Dietrich Bonhoeffer and the Holocaust. You know, I one of the figures in the story of, of that book is Martin Niemöller. And Martin Niemöller, uh, who wrote that uh, now famous poem, first they came for the trade unionists, then they came for this, and then, you know, when they came for me, there was no one left to speak up for me. Um, that is the story of our time, that, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't do your part now, honestly, you know, God is judging us for when we speak up and for when we keep our mouths shut. If you keep your mouth shut, I promise you, God is judging you for that because people depend on us having the courage to speak the truth. And we all get courage from others who have courage. And I've gotten courage from Simone Gold and Brandon Strzok and others who have been persecuted, but it has made them stronger. I'd like to share that there is no such thing as neutral. As a Jewish girl growing up with my dad, as I said, a Holocaust survivor, we learned as Americans, you know, that Switzerland was neutral in World War II. But of course, as time went on, we learned that Switzerland wasn't actually neutral, right? They benefited a lot financially from the Nazis with the art and the money, et cetera. There is no such thing as being neutral in the face of evil. You and I have bonded a lot because of our deep belief in God. And I've read your book, Is Atheism Dead? We know, we faithful people know that God is alive and well, and it's up to us to speak up and speak forward. And maybe you can't fight like me or Brandon Strzok, but there's a lot you can do. And I want to share a positive development. I have believed for a couple of years now that we really need two separate kind of pathways in society, that they don't want us to live, they want us dead, essentially, spiritually dead or physically dead. So we need separate everything, separate media, separate this. So we're bringing goldcare.com, and this is a way to access ethical, honorable doctors. I get asked this a lot, how can I find a doctor who, like, listen to the Hippocratic Oath? And the answer is goldcare.com. You have to start looking for these freedom outlets in your own life and start putting your money where your mouth is. Stop feeding the beast that doesn't believe in God and that doesn't believe in inalienable human rights. Well, what was the website you just gave, Gold Doctors? It's so much fun to talk about something positive. Gold Care, like my name, goldcare.com. Goldcare.com. Well, this is part of the scandal because there's two stories here. First is the story... Of, of, of COVID and the vaccines and the medical horror, that, that's one story. Then is the story of the so-called insurrection. What a joke. I say it on the air. What a, what a, what a satanic joke uh, that people like Nancy Pelosi and many others and many Republicans are putting forward this profound lie, this shameful lie that an insurrection happened. It is Utterly ridiculous. If you look into it at all, you realize it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous and sickening that they would stand on this lie. It is no different than what that Hitler and his lieutenants did with the Reichstag fire. It is 
absolutely preposterous. It's using the power of the government to harm citizens. But let's put that to the side for a moment and talk about the medical stuff. The medical stuff, goldcare.com. I discovered, uh, uh, just to say, at the beginning of all this, that what I always assumed is that doctors are neutral, that many of them participated in the evil of what happened with the vaccines, with the lies about COVID. Talk a little bit about that, because that's how you came to prominence, was you saw this as a doctor and you began to speak out. Right. Um, I, I, it's been heartbreaking for me. You know how you said earlier this whole thing's been heartbreaking? It has been heartbreaking for me to observe that most doctors did not put the patient first. They really are not following their Hippocratic oath. The medicine has essentially collapsed in our nation. You can see it on the organizational government level. Nobody trusts the CDC, the CDC, the FDA, the NIH. Nobody trusts these people. At the same time, people are kind of left wondering, what do I do? Like, what, what can I do in my own personal life? I've got kids, I've got elderly parents. Like, what do I do? You need a doctor, like you need a doctor you can trust. So the answer really is goldcare.com. We need that when they put this, um, fear into Americans again, where they come, they say the monkeypox or whatever, whatever lie they send us next, you need to know that you have a resource that you can go to that's going to say, no, no, that's not true. Um, and so you need a decent human being who's a doctor. And that's what we've built. And it's goldcare.com. But it's a community. It's a community. So so I really encourage everybody who's listening. We are for you. We, we are for you. We have to build our own side. Well, this is, I mean, uh, we're going to go to another break, but I want to say, folks, goldcare.com. Can you hear me say that? Goldcare.com. And to help Dr. Gold, please, folks, go to freedrgold.org. This is actually important. Uh, we can't get you all the facts today, but the more you find out, the more you understand. This is your battle, and you need to step up. Freedrgold.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm talking to Dr. Simone Gold, uh, who started America's Frontline Doctors. Now, when the COVID thing began, I, I say this over and over that, you know, Romans 8, 28, uh, Paul's letter to the Romans says, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. So it's not that hey, everything works out in the end, baloney. But for those that love God and are called according to his purposes, God can weave the worst things into something beautiful. So the horror of what happened, the government overreach, this globalist madness, uh, big pharma, and on and on and on and on, has led to people like you starting things like goldcare.com. That wouldn't have happened if we had just kind of kept going along. So it's been a clarifying moment for Americans to see that the media we used to trust, we can't trust. Uh, the doctors we used to trust, a lot of them, they're cowards. They're just, we'll do whatever because, you know, they don't really want any trouble. Um, but the good that has come out of it, Simone, is that folks like you have stepped up and you've created stuff like goldcare.com. There are alternative media outlets. So some good things are coming out of this nightmare. 
Yeah, my lane particularly, of course, is medical. But I know that the medical is important to bring to the people because that's the way we tricked people over the last two and a half years. They fed so many lies that we became a country of medical tyranny. We became a country where my body, my choice only mattered for killing babies, but it didn't matter to not put a needle in your arm, right? So we, it's all been revealed. But going forward, the average person really does need an honorable ethical doctor in their life. Like that's a practical thing I can bring to the American people. This is a way you can fight back on tyranny. That's the purpose of goldcare.com. We're giving you a community that you can trust, and in that community are doctors you can trust. It's just an amazing thing. You know, we keep using the word heartbreaking, but to realize that, I mean, I I knew things were bad in many ways, but I never dreamt that uh, suddenly I would have to worry whether my doctor is actually going to care about my life or care about covering his rear end. Uh, When you find out that, you know, ivermectin might work or this might work and how the media just demonized anyone that said this kind of stuff. I thought, this is really creepy. This is like right out of the Third Reich. We don't do that in America. In America, we believe in science and truth and facts. So we've lived through a chilling time. And and it must have been the more so for you because you are a medical doctor and a lawyer and you saw this kind of thing happening. Okay, so I saw doctors that no longer could think, maybe they never did think, but they were only following Twitter and Facebook and CNN. That was shocking to me. When you read the medical journals, they were filled with lies. There's a recent article that just came out in the New England Journal of Medicine blaming like birth defects on climate change. It is ludicrous to blame a, a rapid change in something in something that's incre- incremental. To the extent that climate is changing, which it always is changing, it's incremental. Of course, a scientist would reject an incremental tiny change as being responsible for a large change, right, of infertility or birth rates. Infertility and birth rates are plummeting. I don't know if you've seen that latest data. Starting as soon as the shots were rolled out, fertility rates are dropping. And to think as a scientist that you could possibly blame this, that if it exists, it's incremental, is ludicrous. And 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 honestly, this is the, what gold care bring to the world is honest, ethical, unbiased physician so you can help make your right choices. Well, um, okay, goldcare.com. I want to make sure people get that, goldcare.com. You better become a member, Eric. Eric, it's for you. I'm telling you. I, I will you go to the website. Us. I've only just heard about it <laughs> very recently. Um, gold, okay. Goldcare.com. Well, but the, but the thing um, that that astonishes me really is that I know tons and tons of people who've gotten the vaccine who've had adverse effects, dramatic adverse effects. Um, I have heard stories of people dying. I've heard it. Even if there's not a correlation, even if we don't know yet, normal people would say, wait a minute, hold on. What if there is a correlation? Let's look into this. Let's slow this down. But we're not seeing that. I mean, yesterday, I think on Fox News, I saw some just horrifying ad saying that families, what links us together is we're all getting the vaccine or something. And I'm thinking, why do children need to get the vaccine? Why? Somebody tell me why children need to get the vaccine. We are being propagandized at a level that I'm just saying it's so horrifying to me. I can hardly believe that it's been happening. Okay, so of course you know that children don't need the vaccine because they don't get very sick from COVID and even 
they did the vaccine doesn't work to stop transmission, et cetera, et cetera. But you might say, what's the pull? Well, the pull is if it becomes part of a vaccine childhood schedule, then the vaccine manufacturer is shielded from liability. This is why the push. Now people know who are listening to you. If it becomes part of the childhood immunization schedule, there's no liability to the manufacturer. That's why they're pushing it hard. It has to go through these steps procedurally, and then it's just gravy times for the big pharma companies. And most people are too busy working hard and trying to raise their kids to understand what is happening. So they just go along because they assume that doctors and the government can largely be trusted. They would never do anything this evil. But I mean, if I ever needed confirmation, I didn't. But if I ever needed confirmation of what we sometimes call original sin, you know, that are people basically good or or basically broken and in need of God to redeem them. When I have seen the vast majority of the establishment go along with these things, I think, wow. So, oh, this didn't just happen in Germany. This didn't, this will happen anytime uh, there's an opportunity. And this has been an opportunity uh, for power and greed and any number of things to converge in such a way that, I mean, the good news, uh, Simone, is that it is waking people up. I know that there are people right now, they're waking up because they understand something's wrong. It, it doesn't, this doesn't seem right. I'm hearing things that are contradicting themselves. So in a sense, um, you know, the, the proponents of some of these things have overplayed their hand, it seems to me. Um, I, I, I fully agree that a lot has been revealed. And going forward, I want to encourage people to make up their own mind, not automatically believe other people or trust other people, and look at the evidence that existed on the ground prior to the alleged controversy. For example, if you're a mom, you remember two years ago that your doctor never said to you that when you were pregnant, you should take the latest, greatest thing. I mean, doctors are always risk averse and slow to take on new things for pregnant people or for children, for example. So if your doctor's all of a sudden saying things that are different than you've heard them say in the past, be forewarned not to forgo your own common sense. Okay, we're going to a break, but this is a big one. When we come back, we're talking about that. Don't go away. We used to laugh. We used to cry. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I'm talking to Dr. Simone Gold uh, with America's Frontline Doctors, goldcare.com. You were just saying, Simone, something that's kind of obvious, right? Like my my wife has said this many times, like how bizarre that pregnant women won't have a sip of champagne. They won't eat sushi. They're like, whoa, you know, I'm pregnant. I don't want to mess with it. But, oh, they won't smoke a cigarette. But they will say, well, yeah, give me this experimental vaccine who knows what will happen but can we even imagine i mean like the idea of 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 having a glass of alcohol or, or something like that we act like well we wouldn't do that because i'm pregnant but pregnant women are being told take this vaccine we have no clue really what the long-term effects are there's been a lot of adverse stuff but we don't want to talk about that just take the vaccine and shut up common sense tells you no why would i do that why The take-home message is not to forgo your own common sense or your own life experience in favor of a quote-unquote expert. That has been the life lesson of the last two and a half years. Every viewer and listener needs to really take that to heart. 
no matter what your job is, don't automatically believe someone who's been endowed as, as an expert. I think that's why they hate me so much, because I am an expert. And I'm here telling you that it's your obligation not to automatically believe experts. The first thing to believe in is faith. Faith will not steer you wrong. If you want subordinate supporting information, then you know go seek it out from honorable experts in, in medicine, for example, that's gold care. There are others in other areas. But we saw this a lot, you know, for example, the masks, right? What did the experts say about masks? Well, the experts always said masks didn't work for tiny respiratory viruses, except when it became convenient for them to say the opposite in the last two years. That's why you have to be very cautious with experts. And you know, our good friend, Dennis Prager, always distinguishes between experts and leaders. And experts are not leaders, and you shouldn't really get your leadership um, direction from an expert. It's just information is all. Well, I mean, the mask thing, I have to say, it, it, it was so sickening to me to see children wearing masks. To this day, I see, uh, it, you know, it's always lower level people, staff people being told they have to wear masks in Let Manhattan. Me, may, I may I share something with you on that? So the D.C. District Court has a mask policy as follows. If everyone in the court is, unva- is vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If anyone is unvaccinated or unsure, you have to wear a mask. But the rule can be waived which is hilarious because I didn't know that viruses listen to judicial waivers. But I knew before I walked into the courtroom what it would look like. What did it look like? One person not wearing a mask. The only person not wearing a mask was the judge. The judge did not wear a mask the entire time. Everyone else was forced to wear a mask. Wake up, people. This is where we're going. We're going to a class society, much like we we got rid of in India, right? That's where we're going, to class society. Well, and again, ladies and gentlemen, you know, in the interest of time, I'll call it what it is. It's satanic. That kind of class level, caste system that is profoundly unbiblical. It is profoundly un-American. It is wicked. It is wrong. We thought we had moved past this a long time ago, but that is kind of where we are. When I saw people like sheep wearing masks in airports, I thought, why are they doing this? Who told them? But it's kind of like people are just, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what I have to do. Folks, Sometimes in life, you know, you, you have to take a stand and, and, and do the right thing. And I really wonder what we've become as a nation. But again, many, many people are waking up. Uh, and that's the good news. There is good news. Simone Gold uh, has been my guest. Uh, Dr. Simone Gold, thank you for your time. I hope people will go to freedrgold.org to find out more. Folks, you got to do your job. Please go to freedrgold.org. Go to goldcare. Dot com and uh, Simone Gold, we have to have you back again soon because it's a much larger conversation. But thanks for your time today. God bless you. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. The ultimate in individual freedom consistent with law and order, or down to the ant heap of totalitarianism. And regardless of their sincerity, their humanitarian motives, those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. They want to make you and I believe that this is a contest between two men, that we're to choose just between two personalities. I believe that the issues confronting us cross party lines. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers. 
Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. They knew that governments don't control things. A government can't control the economy without controlling people. And they know when a government sets out to do that, it must use force and coercion to achieve its purpose. No government ever voluntarily reduces itself in size. So government programs once launched never disappear. Actually, a government bureau is the nearest thing to eternal life we'll ever see on this earth. And there should be no cause for worry because as long as they had the power to tax, they could always take away from the people whatever they needed to bail them out of trouble. And they're doing just that. These proliferating bureaus with their thousands of regulations have cost us many of our constitutional safeguards. How many of us realize that today federal agents can invade a man's property without a warrant? They can impose a fine without a formal hearing, let alone a trial by jury. And they can seize and sell his property at auction to enforce the payment of that fine. What does it mean whether you hold the deed to the, or the title to your business or property if the government holds the power of life and death? over that business or property, and such machinery already exists. The government can find some charge to bring against any concern it chooses to prosecute. Well, I for one resent it when a representative of the people refers to you and me, the free men and women of this country, as the masses. This is a term we haven't applied to ourselves in America. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. We have so many people who can't see a fat man standing beside a thin one without coming to the conclusion the fat man got that way by taking advantage of the thin one. But seriously, what are we doing to those we seek to help? In a program that takes from the needy and gives to the greedy, we've sought to solve the problems of unemployment through government planning. And the more the plans fail, the more the planners plan. Every responsible farmer and farm organization has repeatedly asked the government to free the farm economy. But how, who are farmers to know what's best for them? The wheat farmers voted against a wheat program. The government passed it anyway. My opponent seems to only see big government and little people. Raise our taxes and then raise them again so that government can be even bigger. It would be like having a coach tell an Olympic swimmer that he had to swim down that pool carrying an anvil, or a runner to sprint with a ball and chain around his ankle. And that's not good enough for America. We want to create opportunities so that all Americans can go forward together with nobody left behind. We're going to build a future together that will enable every one of you to reach for the stars. And you'll know what it is to enter the workforce or go to college in a land of prosperity, pride, and hope, where our young men and women can dream great dreams and make them come true. But whatever you do with it, you will be the one who's doing the doing. You'll make the decisions. You'll have the autonomy. When I was a young man, you knew that if you dreamed big and worked hard, there was no limit to how far you could go. You're free to be whatever you want to be with no one and nothing stopping you. In a free society, you're free to invent yourself, to turn yourself into a great teacher a race car driver, a minister, or a movie star, or a grower and seller of flowers. You could be anything. It's your invention, and there's nothing to stop you. Enjoy your freedom. Breathe it in. Use it to create the most important and moving thing a man or woman can, can create, a decent and meaningful life. It's a philosophy you can live by. 
fact, I hope you do. I can't resist telling you that in working my way through school, there were no government programs at that time. You, you had to get your loans from uh, uh, foundations, things, charitable groups and so forth. It's one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was a job I had working my way through school. I was washing dishes in the girls' dormitory. But a big job awaits us to keep improving our schools, to lead the world toward new frontiers of science, technology, and space. But what's really important is what inspired us to do these things. What's really important is the philosophy that guided us. The whole thing can be boiled down to a few words. Freedom, freedom, and more freedom. No force on earth can stop individuals from achieving great goals when they have the will and the heart to pull together and work together. It'll determine the kind of America that we pass on. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. I think we're for an international organization where the nations of the world can seek peace. Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. And they say if we'll only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. Or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. Those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer, not an easy answer, but simple. Alexander Hamilton said, a nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. We cannot buy our security, our freedom from the threat of the bomb by committing an immorality so great as saying to a billion human beings now enslaved behind the Iron Curtain, give up your dreams of freedom because to save our own skins, we're willing to make a deal with your slave masters. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. If they feel as we do, and if they want peace as much as we do, then they'll join us in not just reducing the number of those nuclear weapons, but in eliminating them entirely from the world. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement, and it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum, because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. You think we should sit back and let that happen to America? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. You already have a voice. Make it heard. But you and I have the ability 
and the dignity and the right to make our own decisions and determine our own destiny. Thank you very much. So my name is Scott Bornstein and I am a pediatric oncologist and I take care of children, teenagers, and young adults with cancer. I could not do my job without the volunteers who donate their blood and their platelets for our patients. The reasons why platelets are so important for cancer patients is that a lot of the treatments we use to treat cancer can have side effects. And one of the side effects is, is it affects your body's ability to make normal blood cells. And so after you get certain types of chemotherapy, your body can't make platelets and so your platelet count falls and it makes you more likely to bleed. And so one of the ways that we help and support our patients that get intensive chemotherapy is we have to give them platelet transfusions. I just want to thank everybody who donates their blood to help our patients. We could not uh, treat our patients without you and you have my heartfelt gratitude. What if you could do one thing on Monday that might save a cancer patient's life on Wednesday? When you donate platelets, that's exactly what can happen. Platelets are tiny cells in your blood that form clots and stop bleeding. If you've ever fallen off your bike or cut yourself shaving, you've seen them in action. But these little cells do their best work helping cancer patients who often lack platelets due to the cancer or as a side effect of treatment. Platelets also prevent blood loss in patients undergoing surgery and organ transplants. Without platelets, patients wouldn't survive. They save lives every day. The challenge? Platelets are in constant demand by hospitals. And because platelets must be used within five days, new donors are needed every day. That's why we need you. Platelet donation is a little different than giving blood. Here's how it works. You'll make an appointment at a Red Cross donation center. During your visit, we'll draw blood through one arm, extract your platelets in a machine, and return the rest through your other arm. Relax, watch a movie, listen to music. A few hours later, you'll have donated enough platelets to help as many as three patients. So if you give on Monday, by Wednesday, she'll be able to recover quickly. He'll have a safe and successful surgery and she will have the strength she needs to keep fighting. To learn more or schedule an appointment, visit redcrossblood.org platelets or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. I went through probably the hardest thing that I'll ever go through in my life when I was diagnosed with cancer. As I slowly began to process what was going on, I became pretty afraid and pretty scared that I might not get better. When we got the phone call from the doctor that day, it was like an out-of-body experience when he said, your son has leukemia. I, we were just in shock. Troy needed blood and platelets right when he was admitted to the hospital, as soon as he was diagnosed. One of the times when we were in clinic and Troy was receiving chemotherapy, he also needed to get some platelets. And um, 
we were waiting for them to come and the nurse would come in and say oh the platelets aren't here yet you know another half an hour or hour would pass and they're still not here yet there's a shortage of platelets my mom and i were both pretty concerned that i wasn't going to get the platelets in time and i became pretty afraid and pretty scared that i might not get better so watching troy's health improve after getting blood and platelet products it was amazing to see him go from this almost lifeless boy to a son who had energy and more life to him. I'm extremely happy every single day to just be able to spend time with my family and just spending time with my friends again and playing sports with them again and being a part of the community at my school. To all the blood and platelet donors, I just want to say thank you so much for helping my son Troy get better and giving him strength and giving him life. It means the world to me.